A low hole. Oh, keep in mind, he can keep your video off if he wants to. Just let you know. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast. I'm here with my guest. You want to just call you just you by your government, uh, Philip Harrison? Uh, you can call me Philip Harrison. You can go Phil. It really don't matter. A lot of people know me as Phil, so I just go by Phil. All right, cool, Phil. Uh, it's good to meet you and everything. Uh, I think you're episode 141 and whatnot. So you've pretty much just been uh listening to a lot of past episodes of the Mental Threads Podcast. You mentioned that uh. Um, I interview one of your friends, uh, Pat, uh, sleepwalking SLT and whatnot. Yeah, that was my that's my boy since middle school. He really got me into your podcast. He sent us all the episodes that he did, and I've just been listening to you every time I got like some seconds to listen. Okay, so outside of his episode, you listen to what other episodes you listen to? Um, there was one episode recently. I think you did with your aunt. I forgot her name. I listened to that one too. So oh, I've been, you know, was, I've listened to that one that came out. And there was another one recently. I forgot his name, but um, it was another rapper from Charlotte. I forgot his name, but I listened to that one as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. That's good that I actually got people that actually I didn't even know personally that was listening to like the podcast here and there and everything. That's pretty cool, man. It's just it's just something that I've just been putting a whole lot of like effort and energy into and whatnot. Um, just trying to reach my goals and maybe one day I can get monetized eventually one day, but it's just, it's really just a matter of just being more content based right now. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, you're definitely working at, you know, def people are definitely listening to you and definitely hearing you. So keep working at it. You're going to get there. All right, cool. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. So you pretty much like the general format, uh, through and through. Yeah, I do. All right, cool. Uh, what are some things about a past interview that really stuck out about you? I mean, stuck out like to you. You know, just hearing everybody's opinion, how they're so different and seeing how experiences people go through can shape what they see in the world. You know, it's just always fascinating to listen to people like that. OK, cool. Listen, to, you listen to podcasts often or is it just like is this like is this one of your pocket? You like a podcast listener? I am. I used to be a heavy podcast listener. Um, I kind of stopped when I got into this newer job because I've been having a really busy schedule. But every time I got some downtime, I might, I'm just sitting at the office or whatever. I might just pop my headphones and listen to a podcast. Okay, what podcast do you usually listen to? I know you mentioned you're a gamer. Do you listen to uh, video game podcasts or you just go to like the main ones like Mike Tyson, Hotbox on Mike Tyson and uh, uh, Joe Rogan podcast? Uh, I've listened to a couple of the Joe Rogan podcasts, not a lot. There's one I really listen to is uh, Peer to Peer by AMP. You know, they got Agent, they got Low, and they have, like, different AMP members. It's called Peer to Peer Podcast. I used to uh, watch Agent play 2K a lot, so that's where I really got my love into podcasts, just hearing people talking just be themselves. Yeah, man, it's crazy how we live in a time where podcasts are, like, a new, new thing. Now it's just, like, you know, it's just, like, you would never want to think that people just would just sit down, have a conversation, someone would just want to listen into it just to get, like, you know, their – their vibes. Like, it's basically like a radio show, but it's like you can actually go to whatever radio show you want to go to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot out there, a lot of topics that can be discussed, and I like hearing people's opinion on things. Alright, cool, that's amazing. So you're pretty much, uh, back to, you're pretty much born and raised in Charlotte, correct? I am. Well, according to my birth certificate, I was born at Matthews, you know, they like to uh, specify stuff, but yeah, I'm pretty much born and raised in Charlotte, the east side of the Charlotte area. That's where I my background is that's you know I went to Cotswolder Elementary, transferred to Randolph, and then East Mac, and went from there. I've been in Charlotte ever since. Oh, then what was Randolph like? I know, like in from middle school, I know my uh, brother wanted to go to Randolph because his friend went there, and he wanted to actually meet up with him over there. But what was Randolph like as a whole? 
Man, Randolph was an experience. That's um where I met a lot of my friends that I still talk to this day. You know, your boy uh, Sleepwalking SLT. That's where I met him in middle school. Um, just you know, Rand Randolph was definitely an experience. I I never been to middle school, obviously at that point in time. I didn't know what to expect. You know, you watch TV shows like <laughs> one of my favorite shows watching was Ned's Declassified. So little background, I used to. <laughs> base middle and high school of what happened in that show and then I get there and it's nothing like that at all. Yeah, middle school. So, so what was the dynamic uh, uh, Randolph? Kind of from my middle school, I went to middle school in Valentine area. That was for the first two years, it was all right, but overall, it was kind of weird to be honest. Because like predominantly white school, so like a lot of privileged kids you're going to, and then you know, it's just it was just crazy. I just I just wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Like the third year, I feel like I should have like went. I know my brother really wanted to go to Randolph, so I was thinking like maybe it would be good to like probably take a break, you know, and uh, right, just, right. you know somewhere else and everything. It just, I feel like it would have been good for Taurus, too, like my younger brother Taurus and everything, because then he would, like, keep close with his friends. I think they would have helped him uh, show him where his classes were and everything. But, I mean, but just explain, what was the dynamics at Randolph? Like, was it just, like, was it, like, predominantly, like, was it ghetto? Was it privilege? Or was it just suburban? <laughs> what was it like? Uh, you know, you have your little bit of everything. You have the nice preppy white kids that do what they do. You got the ghetto kids that just, you know, like to fight, yell, everything at 7 in the morning. You got the kids that just like to be by themselves, mind their own business. And at Randolph, it was really interesting. Uh, throughout the whole three years, I guess my class was so many people that they divided it. So we had people that would be in the building, like in the actual school throughout the halls and stuff. And then there were so many extra people that they actually had to build trailers so there could be kids out in the trailers having their classes. And we used to do like a trailer kid, building kid kind of thing. I was a building kid uh, most of my years. And then, you know, I had some kids that was a trailer. We called them trailer kids because they would spend their entire day in the trailer except for lunch. They had their little electives out there, their um, their math, their reading, all that stuff. They'll be in the trailers. Oh, okay, well, that, that's cool. That's great that it's just like, like even despite that there were trailers and everything, because it's like literally, I went to a whole charter school in high school. It's just nothing but trailers. Trailers. We ain't had no gym. We ain't had no damn um uh library or nothing. It was just it was a weird experience because it's like so people ain't had nothing to do but just focus on starting drama because it wasn't shit to do. That's <laughs> how it always is. It's, cool. it's just run by drama. Yeah, no, seriously, but it's like, you ever feel like it's different here, out here in Charlotte? Like, maybe it's just like, you know, you feel like people maybe try too hard? Definitely, definitely. I feel like people try to fit in way, way too hard. You know, everybody wants to be cool with everybody. You got kids that are backstabbing their friends to hang out with the cool kids, and it's just like, you're trying too hard for what? You won't know these people come five, ten years from now, yet they're trying so hard to be there now. And everybody's trying to fit in so 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 hard it doesn't make any sense to me it didn't make any sense to me back then either yeah man i mean it's just like I, i'm just the type of cat where it's just like you know it's just like why why can't we all just vibe you know what i'm saying like if you don't like someone is it really because of something they did to you was it something like whatever or do you just have like a weird attraction to them or something and then you're just trying to project some type of hatred to like you know like conflict that you know what i mean like it's just like because there's no yeah. reason why you should focus on somebody you dislike like logically.
you know. Yeah, what I what I saw that it was is there'll be a group of people and they start talking about somebody and you won't even know the kid, no, don't even know the person, but because you want to fit in so bad, you'll believe whatever they say and you'll take it out on that person. That happened a lot in middle school. Yeah, that happens not even just in middle school, but like in high school and even community college a little bit. I feel like the only time where I felt like everybody was just chilling like was in like university and shit, and that was it. Yeah, because I feel like university, you know, you pay to be there, so you're obviously going to take it a different light because that's that's different. You know, elementary, middle, high school is free, but college, you pay to be there. You're not getting your money back if you mess up, so. Yeah, man. Oh, seriously, kids get kicked out so quick in, in university, but I feel like it has a lot to do with just everything in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't do your work, you're not really immersing yourself in the college experience. Like, where where, where the hell else are you supposed to end up? You know what I Yeah. mean? Yeah. It's, it's, so, so after Randolph, why school did you go to? Um, I actually split my high school experience. I went two years at East Meg, and then like maybe a month or two into my junior year, I went to a little charter school called Commonwealth Charter. It's off Central in Charlotte. I did my last two years there, so I ended up leaving East Meg. Okay, well, describe the experience between those two. I know some people say East Mac was a little bit crazy or whatever. Like, I don't know, maybe not Vance crazy, but I don't know. It's just like, because CMS system, it's always shitty. So it's just like, you know, Yeah. what was your experience with East Mac? Uh, East Mac was definitely one of my years I tried to forget. It wasn't the best year. Those two years weren't the best years for me. You know, I fell off on my school. I played football for a year, but my grades got so low it didn't it didn't last too long. And I was just, I was fed up with school at that point in time. I was tired of, you know, all the teachers. I, I was that typical 16-year-old, you know, you couldn't tell me what to do. I was in that rebellious stage. I didn't want to listen. I wasn't, you know, respecting teachers, respecting elders, none of that. And it got to the point where I was just tired of it. So I just started skipping. Like, I would literally, I would, my mom would take me to school. I would walk into the building and not even 10 seconds after she dropped me off, I would just walk. We had a hallway. Um, if you go into the cafeteria, you just walk straight, and when you get to the end of the hallway, you take a right, it leads out to where the office and main building is. I would literally just go straight, take that right, and just walk out the office door and then just run across the street. And if you're familiar with the East Mech area, you know if you go right across the street, there's a library there. It wasn't open that early in the morning when we went to school, but I would just hang out there, sit there, wait for a bus to come by. I would catch the bus and go home because, you know, I was tired of East Mech. I, I was sick of the school. That's actually kind of cool, because it's just like, you know, keep in mind, I went to dang freaking Queens Grant, so it's just like, you know, you had to walk longer ways, they didn't have buses to go there, nothing, like, so it's just like, you, you had to get a car if you wanted to leave, or if you had to walk, you had to walk really long distances, so at least you had the luxury, I know what, what library you're talking about, actually. I forgot what the name was, but I know what you're talking about, because I was actually there a while ago, I actually like that library, it's pretty cool, Um, It's but a really it's just... nice library. It Yeah, is it's pretty cool. It's just a little modest library and everything. You want to get your stuff done, just get it done over there. But it was just like, yeah, man, it's just like to know that you actually just went up across and everything and took the bus. And it's just like, you know, you could once you take the cats bus, it, it, it took you straight to straight home or did it take you to the cats uh, center uptown? No, I got on. I got on the twenty-four. I'll never forget. I always had to ride the twenty-four from Monroe Road back all the way down to the transit. And then I, because I live off Plaza, I had to take the the number three bus back then. They changed it to twenty three. But I had to take the three bus home, 
and then I'd have to walk home. It's like a maybe a five minute walk from the bus stop, man. And I sometimes I wouldn't time it right. I would try to leave a little too early. My mom would still be in the house, so because she left like maybe maybe nine thirty ten to go to work. What I would do is I would just have to, you know, we have a hill next to my house. I would just sit on top of the hill, behind the hill, and wait till my mom's car pulled off, and then I would just, you know, skip at my house from that point in time. Dang! If I would have went to East Man, I would have never went to class. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was entirely too easy. I would have been all up. Easy. I would have been all up uptown. I would have been just mm-hmm. on my own shit. <laughs> You would never see me at school. <laughs> no, really. I mean, I don't know. I like school, like, generally. Like, I really didn't start liking school until I went to college. Like, university, actually, to be specific. Community college and shit. Um, <laughs> it was just like, you know, because once you actually... It's because when I went to an HBCU, that's when I really realized, like, what issues are, like, what's missing, like, in, like, the school system for uh, general uh a majority of black kids and everything it's just like because we ain't got nobody like looking out for us you know what i'm saying never, you ever just never, feel never. like in the cms system like we're kind of like you know uh, just just like bombarded with all like going to iss being suspended over dumb shit getting into fights you know what i'm saying like it never felt yeah, like we had direction in cms a lot you know you never did there was always those one or two teachers that might help you but other than that it was really you know Nobody to really talk to you, communicate with you, and help you out. It's just ISS, OSS, you know, and then expulsion, all this other stuff. So it's you're absolutely right when you say that. Yeah, so I felt like a lot of the teachers were kind of bullshitting like throughout their semesters. Like, do you like why would you want to get a job that you constantly bullshit? Is what I would say to myself. But then it was like I'll be sleeping in the bathroom. I'll like, be going to work. <laughs> like, but it's like that's harmless. Like it's just like that's not counterproductive, you know, compared to it's just like. Like, oh, like, yeah, you're a fireman and shit. Like, you got to go fucking put out the fire and you're just going to, like, freaking, like, drop a whole lot of gasoline, like, on the fucking house. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it don't work like, that It way. felt like a lot of teachers are doing, like, the counter opposite of the job. Like, they'll be like, see, a kid will be getting bullied and they would jump into it. Or it's just like, you know, they'll be acting like they want to get with the cool kids or gain favor from, like, the so-called cool kids. You know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah, yeah. Because we see it all the time. And it's like, why is that? Like, that's so weird. Like, that's like, okay, like, a lot of us are in their 20s. That's like freaking, like, us trying to, like, trying to get with the cool kids, like, with freaking middle schoolers or freaking, like, elementary school. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the age gap is just too, too wide for you to, like, try to connect with them or try to gain their favor you know what i mean it's just it seems like it's just kind of pathetic in my like what's your opinion on that and i I absolutely don't get it either you're right why are you as a 30 or 20 late 20s early 30s even some 40 year old teachers trying to be cool with 15 16 year olds when you see there's a problem you see there's an issue you have no issue in resolving it you can absolutely resolve it with your position but you choose not to and it, it doesn't make sense to me. I never understood that as teachers. It was part of the reason why I left East Mac as well, you know, because I had issues and there was, I would talk to the principal, I would talk to counselors, everybody about what's going on. And they will always say they would handle it, but the situation never got handled, never got handled. So I took matters into my own hands at that point in time because they, they don't do their job. A teachers, they're there to teach and to provide and to protect. They don't do that. They never did that. They really don't. It's like it's really sad. You think that maybe it's just like the pay like amount, like maybe their salaries aren't high enough, but they don't care. 
if that's the case, and I can't say if it is or isn't, if that's the case, that's an issue. If it's because of the pay that you're getting that you don't feel the need to do your job, you either need to leave that job or you need to take you need to do some soul searching to look within yourself. Cause I don't care if you get paid ten, fifteen dollars an hour. If you are of a certain age and you see somebody remotely younger than you, extremely younger than you, having issues with some other kids, whether it be whatever, whatever the situation may be, and you say you're gonna handle it, you say you're gonna take care of it. And then a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month comes and it's not handled. And you're saying you're not doing that because of the pay that you get. That's an issue. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just so bogus because like, why even get the job in the first place and everything? It's just I don't know. It's like I feel like a lot of our generation could be like corrected had like the school system been more invested in like really trying to develop us like as characters first. Like develop and our morale and just stuff of that nature. Like how to treat people, how to really um how to really um uh manage internal conflict, whatever the nature of that conflict might be, because that's where a lot of the issues started from insecurity from inside. And then like people trying to project it on other people. And then it's just it just takes on from there. You know what I mean? That's just my theory with a lot of it. You know, I don't really get it. I feel like, you know, like the system, like CMS system failed me severely. At points where it's just like, you know, I don't even know how I get to this point where I'm a college grad, like cum laude and everything. But I feel like a lot of that has to do with Will. You know, you see a lot of the kids that just like message you and everything. I used to do like the absolute most end up with getting like, uh, like, like freaking, uh, like, uh, what's that word? Uh, getting a record on their, how do you say a record? Like, yeah, it's a record, you know, getting arrested and stuff like that. Getting arrested, you know, see mugshots and everything, and they always look like there's something wrong with them, which is what they see seeds of psycho psychotic behavior when they're younger. But you just think, like, you know, man, did they have a chance? Like, it's just like, could they really, like, could they, like, really nip it at the bud when they were younger to really, like, you know, better assess, like, how they carry themselves? Could that have done, like, an effect where they are right now and everything? Because, like, listen, I went to, like, a predominantly white school in, like, freaking Ballantyne Plantations. So, you know, like, my story isn't going to be a happy one. Like, a big, taller uh, African kid uh, that articulates himself well. And I try mm -hmm. to do the best he can to really, like, you know, get the most out of life. You know, I want to have fun. I want to laugh at my friend. But then there's always, like, that one person that has an issue but never confronts you about it. They always just go around to everybody. And then they want to have, like, pussy over it and just start spreading mm -hmm. words and gossiping. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, it always felt like it was me versus everyone for a lot of times until I went to an HBCU where it's, like, it felt like, you know, like, even though I might have been having some issues and everything, it didn't feel like I was, like, alone. You know what I mean? So. Right, right, right. That's how I feel. I, I feel the same way, you know, with school. You always seem like there's nobody there with you. You know, you seem like you're walking the halls alone. You're doing this and that alone. It's like, what's the point of me being here? And then when I went to my my HBC, I went to Livingstone College. When I went there, first thing I did was I found a group of people that actually, you know, had some of the same problems and issues as me in high school. And those have been some of my closest friends to this day. You know, five years, four years later, well, I went in 2017, so five, well, like 2017, 2018. So about five years later, I'm still talking to them every day type stuff. And we're still conversating every day. Yeah, man. No, seriously, your college friends, like the friends that you meet, like in your 20s, bro, like I feel like those are the people that's going to stick with you for a minute. You know, it's like, you know, it's a blessing if you find people like when you're younger, like middle school, high school, whatever. 
But I feel like those college people, because it's like you're in a completely different space. You're more independent. You're not really forced to be anywhere you don't want to be. Like, you know, so it's just like, it's just, it feels like the ball's worn your court in regards to like who you associate yourself with and uh, stuff of that nature. So it's like, you know, and uh, what, what college did you go to again? I went to Livingstone College, Go Blue Bears up in uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. Oh, that's a HBCU. Yeah, it is. You know anyone by the name of Ja'Cory Reese? That name sounds extremely familiar. He went I there. He played for the football team. That's yeah. That's why. That's why. Yeah, I actually interviewed him. I interviewed him. That's that's my nigga. Yeah. Really. Early episodes. Yeah, yeah. What episode about, is that? Uh, I would say you have to scroll. I don't know the episodes by heart, but on the top of it. <laughs> nah, that's fine. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find. I just put I'll the names definitely. there. But yeah, yeah, we were talking about a whole lot of things like society and things like you know anime. You know, me and him, we love anime. I out of our friend group, like we got a four. People, a friend group with like him, me, uh, my friend Jeremy, and then Trevin and whatnot. We used to be going to parties together a whole lot. Uh, I wish we do that again, but it's just like, you know, life just changes and, you know, like it's just, you know, like, yeah, people go their own ways. But it's, I feel like we can all touch base again uh, soon, one day. Like, who knows? But anyway, yeah, we're just pretty much conversing about anime and society and things like that. It, it's definitely a good episode you should check out too, man. Like, I swear, like, all my episodes, there's always something to get into. Like, if you want to learn more about something, get perspective on something, there's always something. So, yeah, I even did an episode with like a police officer, uh, Officer McPherson and whatnot. Mm. I guess what we're talking check about. Check that one out too. We're just talking about music, like hip hop and everything. Uh, white, like uh, officer, police officer, Scottish, and more. And we're just talking about Croft Maga and stuff like that, and freaking um mm. things that, like society wise, just like you know why cops do they get a bad rap and everything. Why do you think some cops are bad apples? Why you know you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like like I just always ask questions, pretty much get more insight of like what their uh status in regards to that is. So it's right. like, yeah, it's really, really cool. It's really, it's really, really diverse. I even interviewed uh people, educators like uh Dr. Anthony Nelson, who's the dean of the business school at North Carolina Central University. Um, mm. Mentor Sean Andrews of the Men's Achievement Center, who now runs his own mental health uh, service and everything. Uh, I think in Tennessee or somewhere, Kentucky and whatnot, and uh, he's really trying to service to kind of help uh, a lot of Black folk get more uh, therapy. And stuff of that nature. And uh, my my mentor that uh, created uh, the whole Immense Achievement Center started it, uh, Dr. Roger Keith, who will now be uh, going to uh, Fayetteville State University for his uh, position. You know, shout out to Roger Keith if you listen. Wow. Yeah, man, it's just like I, I put myself around like really, really good people, man. Like it's like that's what college does. Like it really hooks you up with like putting you around like really like um, expansive mind. Uh, uh, individuals you know and i spoke about it in my i know i know you listened to the episode of uh my aunt and everything and like yeah. let's talk about hbcus and how it's been positive how is like livingstone college at the hbcu uh, helped you out in life um it really put me back on the track of life because you know when i at first i didn't even think i was gonna graduate high school but i did and i went to livingstone to play football you know i don't know a lot about college college was never in my in my line of sight I was at that point, I was getting ready to go straight to the military. But, you know, I don't know if you are a Christian or not, but I believe God put me in the path of Livingstone College as to where that's where I need to go instead of military. I don't know nothing about college. I don't know the furthest. The first thing about college, I just want to play ball. I played football in high school a little bit, and I just want to try to continue to play. But, you know, Livingstone put me on the back of the track, the track of life, excuse me. 
because, you know, it led me to a good friend group that I still compensate with to this day. It's led me into my career path. It's given me goals. It gives me achievements and it's given me, you know, everything I want to do from 20, uh, 2022, May 2022 when I graduated all the way to the end of my life when I'm called home. So it's really, really saved my life. You know, I, I'm i the first one to talk about Livingstone College, but I don't know where I would be without that institution. And I seriously mean that. Shout out to Dr. Jenkins. I know you just retired. You were my president for the four years I was there. I really appreciate you um, accepting me into that school and it really changed my life. So thank you. Yeah, man. Amen. For real, man, dude. HBCUs, bro. Like, I swear, it's just like, I like when I, when I die and go to heaven, I hope heaven is just like, I hope we got our own personal heaven. And like, my personal heaven would just be an HBCU, just a big, large HBCU on campus that goes for miles and everything. And it's just, you're just taking every single class and then you just take it over and over again for eternity. And it's just <laughs> new people every day and everything and it's just you just in your 20s your early 20s and late teens forever man yeah like, that would be beautiful that would be absolutely beautiful that would that's really like the definitive heaven for me bro <laughs> because it's like i feel like god it was like a godsend for me to go to nccu and my that's because i wasn't even like my my friend went to nccu went to central for like a year and i was gonna originally go in there to meet him there but it's just that he already got kicked up by the time i got there so it's just, <laughs> but Regardless, it was like just walking by the campus because my my brother plays football, so like we're just pretty much going uh, on campus tours and everything. I went, I landed on Central. I'm like, I don't know what about the school, but it's like I feel like I should be here. Like something in my heart and my spirit just told me I need to be here. So I'm like, okay, this is gonna be the school I'm going to. They got business. I'm gonna go and take the business classes here, and I graduated cum laude out of the business. Wow. They put me on the dean's advisory board. And everything. Wow. Like I went to the men's achievement center, got all my uh community service hours up and everything to graduate. When I tell you, man, like literally, like my grades were so poor in CMS. Like I'm talking about C D student, the way as eloquently as I speak and everything, like F a lot of the times too, and everything. Like I would just it was just shitty. But by the time I went to college, it was like a, like day and night. You know, it was like, man. Like what? I just and I was struggling at community college at first because I was still hanging with the same circle of bullshit ass people for a while, and then I separate from a lot of them. And like now it's just like, dude, like it's like it's just crazy how like a good environment can really like influence like an individual to succeed. Like absolutely it changes and everything. You know, my whole mindset going in there was, oh, I'm just going to party. I'm gonna do like the bare minimum. I'm just going to pass and just get my diploma and get out. I end up excelling, joining certain clubs, meeting lifelong friends, and now it's just like, you know, like I'm pretty much, I feel like because of that place, I'm going to be set for life internally in terms of what my purpose is and where I'm headed and just, you know, just motivating me to be just a better person all through and through. I feel like it's because of an HBC like North Carolina Central, you know. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. What, what are some experiences at Livingstone College that you uh, hold dear to you? Um, really, like I said, I did not know anything about college. The biggest thing to my heart about Livingstone College was the bridge program. It was the biggest thing because, like I said, I didn't do the best in um in East Mech and Commonwealth. And, you know, they a lot of the colleges don't really accept, you know, such low GPAs, which is why I was thinking about going to the military. But, you know, God gave me this bridge program where it doesn't matter what your GPA is, you're allowed to work throughout the summer to get a high enough GPA to attend the school. 
And that bridge oh, program. Oh, 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 hold, hold up, the policy right there. Cause I know you mentioned about Commonwealth. We didn't even go and talk about Commonwealth. Like your experience at Commonwealth. How was how was Commonwealth before you we you went to um, Livingstone? My bad. I, I'm sorry we had to detract right there. But it's just like, you're good. You're good. Commonwealth was definitely. Um, I'm not gonna say a highlight. It did help me, but it was not the best school I could have attended. I like it was. It wasn't. It was kind of one of those secondary schools, not like Turning Point, but it wasn't even in CMS. That's how often. It was just a little charter school on the side of the road. It used to be, if you know the area of Charlotte um, on Central, do you know there used to be a shoe store that was um, as a Central. There's that QT and Commonwealth is right there, where the um, Burger King is Taco Bell and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, that's what we're thinking. That's why the area I was thinking about doing the interview at in person. Right, that area and the Commonwealth Charter is right there. It used to be a shoe store. Like, yeah, it, it was like a clothing store. Yeah, I remember yep. talking from time to time. Like, yeah. That's exactly what it used to be, but I guess they sold it and it became Commonwealth Charter. Um, and even their teachers didn't believe me and believe in me either. You know, at that point I wanted more for my life. I was trying to get more for my life because I didn't want to be I saw a lot of people that were at Commonwealth were just there by chance and by choice. And you know, they were still skipping classes, still cutting classes, still you know, do whatever they wanted to do. I didn't want to be somebody that had a life with that. And my biggest thing, my I got my first job when I was 15. I was working at Rose's department store over on Plaza where the City Trends and the Bojangles. That was my first job. I met a guy there. I'll never forget his name. His name was King, 45 years old, making $7.45 an hour with my 15-year-old self trying to take care of two kids because he didn't have education. He didn't have school. He didn't have anybody to push him. None of that. He was there working, working, working. Got a second job at Food Lion. Working, working, working. 45 years old. Trying to take care of two kids off 745 an hour. And I told myself, and I had that conversation with him. He said, stay in school and make something of yourself. From that day on, I promised myself I would try to do whatever it took so I didn't have to be in that same situation as him. And Commonwealth was, you know, where I ended up getting my last little credits to graduate. It, um, shout out to Coach Holly. I don't know if he still teaches there. He really kept me in class because the time I wanted to give up, and he just like you know, no, I can't let you leave. You can't go. Stay here. Get your credits. Get the twenty four that you need, and get out of here and go make something of yourself. So Commonwealth, it wasn't the best school, but there are some teachers that really cared for me and really allowed me to continue going to college. Okay, well, that's good that it actually sets you on the right path. You know, sometimes you gotta take them steps. You know, like for my case, it was like. CPCC it was just shit 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 for like two whole semesters um actually for three semesters because like actually I took one semester and it was okay and then the second semester I was just I was starting to bomb everything because I was barely showing up and everything and then it was just like, I took a break for a while over the summer and then I came back in the fall semester and I just kept fucking up too like in Levine campus and everything I thought it was gonna be a better experience than everything I was driving away and um you know, it was just, I bombed that too. I'm like, dang, like, where am I supposed to go now? So my last chance was like, I had to go to Rowan and Cabarrus. And mm. Rowan and Cabarrus uh, Community College. And I'm like, and I prayed to God, I was like, God, like, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? It's everything. I want to be motivated. I want to end up someplace and everything. I don't, I don't know about going to nursing school. I'm not too sure about that and everything. And I just went there and I was just slowly, I was farther away from everybody. So it's just, there's not a whole lot going on on the campus. It's just, you go to class, you do your class and then you leave. 
Like some people would hang out with each other, but it wasn't like too many people there. You just go in to do your class and get the hell out of there. And it was just like, you know, my grades started to improve a lot more. And it's just, it was enough good credits to take me to North Carolina Central University. And then the rest is history, man. Because I look back at it, you know, and I kind of feel a little bit emotional because, like, literally, like, I broke my arm at one point. <laughs> at it's like, it's just, like, I broke my arm um, while I was working. And I have, like, that was, like, my right arm, my dominant arm and everything. And it's just, I had to type with my left hand for my English class, Veronica Barris, because I was taking online classes. And I had to type everything with my left hand, you know, my less dominant hand. <laughs> yeah, I know that was a challenge. Yeah, just imagine the triumph. It's like, okay, yeah, you passed. Like, it was a psychology class. Like, I didn't know how I passed that. I don't remember nothing for that class. And, like, English <laughs> class. And I'm like, dang, I had to type whole, whole essays, man. And it was just, like, it was just, it was tough. But I, I had to manage. I had to manage. Like, one thing is, like, once you have willpower to do what you got to do, you, you'll do it, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, I can imagine the challenge, you know, having to type with a broken dominant arm. And I'm glad you surpassed and was able to overcome that. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, uh, but for part two of the interview pro process, um, we'll go more uh, deeper into like your interests and everything, and then go deeper into like all the things like you enjoyed about Livingstone and uh, stuff of that nature. And just generally just growing up in Charlotte and uh, your time as a bondsman. So like, cause we're going like four or five minutes and everything into the recording is going to cut off soon. So it's like, oh, we'll just we'll just hop on in a little bit. I'll just let you know when to hop on, okay? Okay, so let me just leave right now. Uh yeah, I'm about to end this right quick. I'm gonna just hop on in a little bit. So yeah. All right, just text me when I'm good to come on. All right, cool, no problem. I'll see you in a bit. All right. All right, part two. Back at it again. I will, Mr. Philip uh, Harrison, and everything. Um, so. In regards to like uh, your day-to-day uh, -day life and uh, going to Livingstone College, uh, what was that experience like for you? You know, like I said, Livingstone is obviously is one of the best things that's ever happened to my life. Um, my day-to-day -day process, you know, I kind of kept it real simple. You know, I was overweight in high school. I tried to t get down to control. I would wake up and either go to the weight room if the team wasn't using it, or I would go to the track, run a little bit, get some breakfast. Um, I'm not gonna lie, the, the breakfast the calf wasn't the best, man. The calf at Livingstone was not the best. Yeah. Um, the only good thing they had there was bacon in the morning, but everything else here it, it wasn't the best. I yeah, still they couldn't the get school. the pizza right. Nah, nah, nah. The pizza, the, well, that lunch, the pizza bar was pretty good, but breakfast, I don't know. They had this one thing. It looked raw, but people were eating it, and I didn't know what it was. It absolutely repulsive. I just to this day. The video is still in my phone. I have no idea what it is. I've asked my mom. I've asked people I know that cook. Nobody can tell what it is, but people were eating it. But, you know, breakfast, I had breakfast. I would attend my classes. I loved my classes. You know, it's not a chore when you enjoy what you do. And I studied criminal justice there for four years, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Dr. Barnes and my advisor and my professor at times was, you know, a, a rip. She was a really good person to me, and she made teaching enjoyable. She she kept it real with us. You know, Dr. Barnes, thank you for what you did for me those four years at Livingstone College. It shaped me to who I am today, and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, seriously, man. Like, literally, shout out to all the teachers and, and college, all the professors in college that really gave a damn about their students and everything because it's because of y'all y'all actually if all schools were like how like a lot of professors were and like hbcus we'd be in like right on the 
we'd be right in the in the good like the world being a much better place is what I'm saying like it's just just in general so it's just I'm like you know there. like but yeah back on that lunch situation yeah, I know like I feel like for NCC it was more hit and miss you know what I'm saying like the pizza was damn good for like a couple semesters and then it was just really bad and then it was, and I just slowly got like whatever you know what I'm saying like when I, at first it was just I couldn't get enough of it you know what I'm saying but now it's just like okay I just gotta eat this to get full now <laughs> Um, I really like when they had turkey burgers in the burger bar. That was good. And then they discontinued. It was, it was just a lack of uh, consistency that had me messed up, to be honest. Like, Always. I don't know why. I don't know why schools, uh, HBCUs have a lack of consistency with cooking. Because I tell you, I don't know if NCCU had this, but them fried chicken Wednesdays at Livingstone College, man, the line would be out the calf into the street waiting on people to get the fried chicken Wednesday. That, that was so good. Yeah, I, I like the fried chicken, but sometimes I feel like it was kind of played out at, at some days and everything. I know they'd be playing music, and I love fried chicken wings. I'm not trying to shit on pot. But it's like, you know, you know there's like a KFC or a Bojangles around the corner or something like that. It was just like, you know, y'all got to line up. Not in Salisbury. Listen, oh, listen, not, oh yeah, Salisbury. Okay, never mind. No, not, not in Salisbury. Listen, the closest thing we had to our calf, there was a Sonic if you walk five minutes up the street. Other than that, you got to drive to go to everywhere else. All the, all the fast food joints are on one strip. You got your Taco Bell, your KFC, the Cookout, the Captain D's, the McDonald's, Chick Fil A's. Literally all on one strip. The closest fast food joint to our school was Sonic. That was not even on campus. We didn't have fast food on campus. That wasn't our school. Uh, well, I think for my school it was like I think you had a Cookout not too far. I think in two different directions. I think we had a McDonald's not too far. You just had to get a car and drive. That was the thing. Like, you know, if you were walking there, you weren't going to get there. <laughs> but it's like, you know, but other than that, like, it's just, I wish there was more quick trips out in, like, college, like, cities, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, quick trip is, like, I'd be missing quick trip. Quick trip. Like, if that a Wawa, it'd be cool, too. But it's, like, quick trip and Wawa, it's, like, they're just they're just so helpful for, like, late, late, late night. Because I thought you'd be mad hungry, like, dang, but the cafe ain't open and there ain't a whole lot of places to go to, you know what I'm saying? It's just, like... It's just like them, them classes, like them homework keep you up late at night thinking like, dang, I really can't go nowhere. <laughs> and then it's just like, you know, it's just like quick trip. That's why I love quick trip, man, because it's like I could just not, it's just right around the corner from where I stay at and I could just go there at any time and just get whatever, you know? Honestly, I, I love QT. I've had this debate with multiple people. Salisbury doesn't have a QT and it hurts my heart for the four years I was there. It didn't have a QT. The closest thing we had, we had the sheets and it was off the interstate. You have to drive like five minutes to get to the sheets. We had Wawa, QTs, you know, pilots, loves, none of that. We had a sheets, and I'm not knocking sheets. Sheets and QT, QT was is something else. Yeah, no, seriously, man, it's just. But I like Wawa too. You been to Wawa? I have not had a Wawa. No, I have not been to one. Yeah, no, Wawa is really, really cool, too, and everything. I feel like the food that they serve might be a little bit better than Quick Trip. Well, not might be. Actually, it is pretty good. I'm not even going. And I'm like a south, down south dude, but it's just like, I know I was just praising Quick Trip. But it's like, the thing about Wawa, man, because I was taking, like, the Greyhound and everything, and I went to Wawa, and it's like, they had these, like, uh, these breakfast burritos that you can make it any way you want to make it. And it was just like, yeah, whatever cheese, whatever, and everything. And then it's just like, um, they just be having a whole lot of like good foods and everything. So it's just like, you know, it's like, 
I, I don't know. That's what, I'm about to go live up in, in D.C. and uh, DMV area, so I know they got a Wawa somewhere in that area. So it's like, I feel like it'll be a good exchange. Only thing I feel like up north won't like be able to replace Bojangles and, uh, you know, Quick Trip and whatnot. I mean, Bojangles and uh, Cookout. I feel that's one of the main things I'm going to miss once I move out of Charlotte. Is there any places that maybe you would consider moving out Um, if you, if you had to consider moving out of uh, Charlotte and whatnot? If I had to go anywhere, I have been thinking about this. Um, you know, I do have a lot of family back home. My family's originally from New York. Uh, so I do have family in New York. I've been considering going and staying up there with my uncles for a little bit. I haven't seen them since I was a kid. So New York would be cool. Um, if I'm thinking anywhere, I would I would like to move to the other coast, you know, the California area. I've never been, but people say it's a, a good place to, you know, stay and live for a while. So I might um, consider moving down there. I will not move to Florida for the life of me. I don't care how nice the weather is. I hear too much about them Florida man memes and all that stuff. I ain't, I ain't got time for Florida man memes, but California and New York have been somewhere that's really been hitting in my mind. And even if I move out to Charlotte, um, if I move away from Charlotte, I do want to go to grad school in Elon, Elon University. So I've been looking at the Elon area, seeing how that might uh, fare to me. Oh, cool. That's cool, man. I'm I'm trying to see if I can go to Howard University for graduate school, man. Like, seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get, get my bread up so I can be able to attempt because, like, you, you got to take a test if you want to go into the grad business school. And it's like $100 an attempt. So I really got to stack my bread up for the next couple of days and everything. But it's like, yeah, man, this is stepping out of your own city, bro. Especially to say that you've been out for a while. It's, it's I feel like it can be so refreshing. And since I'd be in and out of DC and everything, it's just, I feel like, you know, DC is like, it's like that same intu intuition feeling I'd be feeling about North Carolina Central, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I feel like something's leading me to, like, go over there in that area, you know what I mean? So it's just <laughs> like, you know, one thing I love about the DMV area is that there's a whole plethora of, like, Black-owned businesses, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I want to work for a Black-owned business, like, whether it's a marketing agency or whatever... Like, it would be more up my alley in that degree. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, I was trying to work for a Black-owned home care agency for the second time, but it's just like, you know, it's something kind of fell apart and I need to, I was trying to seek out money and whatnot. So it's just that like they didn't get back to me. Um, but maybe one day, maybe I could hop on. Maybe I can reach out to them again if they got any positions open and whatnot. But uh, anyway, going into further detail, what do you think about studying at Elon uh, in the university? Uh, my dream, my dream job at the end of my life when I get ready to retire, the job I want to work at that point in time, I want to study and practice law. And I heard Elon has a really, really, really good uh, law program. They say it's one of the best in the country, in the state, excuse me, next to, you know, obviously, you know, Central has a really good one as well. Yeah, I'm really. Between those two. I've, I've been debating between those two. Um, I've already visited the NCCU campus. I've toured. I haven't been to Elon, though. I haven't had the time to make that drive. That's like a four-and-a-half-hour drive, I think. I have to go visit that campus, too, talk to the professors there about their program. But I do want to practice and study law, and that's my dream job at the, you know, when I'm done doing what I do now. What town is Elon at? It's actually in Elon. It's, it's Elon, North Carolina. Oh, Elon, North Carolina. And that's like, is that, like, closer to Greensboro or where? No, it's actually it's kind of close to the coast, but not that close. It's uh, kind close of close to Wilmington. Yeah, that that area, not down, but more like north, or the northwest in that area. 
Oh, okay then. All right, yeah, sure. Like, you know, what you should do. You should take the train. Just see if they got any train or, or bus. They can take you. Could like once you pull up that, you can get like a rental car or whatnot. Oh, Elon is actually Aaron. Actually, he's near Greensboro. I'm thinking Aiden. Eden is what I'm thinking of. No, Elon. Elon is near Greensboro. You're right. I was looking yeah. at Eden. Oh, yeah. So Elon is cool at the Greensboro. Hey, you could definitely It take is. like a mega bus or something and then get a rental car out there or not. If you want to travel. I could. That's what I'm going to do. Like, instead of just driving for hours and hours and just ruining uh, like your mileage and shit, like just, I feel like just taking the button and taking a rental car like every once in a while wouldn't kill. You know what I mean? Like, keep your car for, like, in the city or, like, if you're, like, moving within the city or, like, you know, if you have to go in between states. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I would rather just take the bus or fly or take the train. You know, train ain't bad either. I need to, I might take the train because Lord knows my car is not going to make it up there. I might need to, I might take the train. Yeah, train ain't bad. I mean, the cool thing about train, you got more legs room and you can just sit down. Like, if you want, you could probably get, like, uh, maybe get on Amazon, get your own uh, handheld uh, Wi-Fi and whatnot. And uh, then you just bring your laptop and just do whatever for like hours on end, and uh, and then you can get your own booth too, and you can just like just lay in your own booth and stuff. So that's what I'm thinking about. That's my mode of uh, transportation. I'm thinking about taking on if I want to pull down to Miami. I know a lot of people want to take the plane, but it's like I don't know. I I feel like I wouldn't want to take the plane unless I really really have to. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's just like if I can take the train or a bus, I'm I'm taking the train or the bus. Like. Plans are cool too, but it's just like I don't know. I feel like it's just I don't take them too often. I'm not familiar with. It. I'm more familiar with trains and buses and stuff. So it's like that's just kind of like how I see it, um, and everything. Um, but it's like yeah, I know you mentioned a whole lot about law and everything. Is it is what 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 about the law career field appeals to you? Um, really, and it's gonna sound kind of cliche, tacky. It's really putting people away that deserve to be away, because a long, long, long time ago, I had a friend. that did not get justice for a crime that was committed against her. And I didn't understand why at that point in time that she didn't get justice. And then, you know, with everything that's happened in the world to, you know, people of our color, um, is why do these things continue to happen? And then my own experiences as well have led me to see that even if not, I can't change everything. It's better for me to attempt a change than to sit by and just watch it happen time in and time out, day in and day out, again and again and again and again and again. You know, people like Martin Luther King stood up and actually attempted to change. Malcolm X stood up and attempted to change. I'm not going to sit here and complain about the issue every day and not do something to change it. That's just how I see it. That's cool. That's cool how you see because I feel like we need a whole lot more, uh, like, um, what you call it, um, uh, black uh, law people uh, in, in those positions. You know, like, I feel like we have more black owned police departments and like uh, black owned courts and everything. I feel like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, we will get the correct justice we deserve. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to situations like that, you know, I'm, I know people, I feel like, oh yeah, black people in the law don't mix as much or whatnot. But I feel like the more we pour more black lawyers, more black um, police officers, more black judges, I feel like then we can actually gain some kind of leverage, you know, as a people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like it wouldn't kill, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can do the whole music thing or whatever hobbies, uh, hobbies you want to do. outside of it but i feel like you know like you know to actually feel like these roles would actually kind of help a lot of us more often than it would be like you know like you know being a trapper or whatever a rapper you know like i like music too and i, I got music out myself 
But at mm-hmm. the same time, like I got into business to create more opportunities for my people. So it's just like once I reach that position where it's like I can start my own businesses and everything and know what it takes to really like make a profitable business, know how to hire people and, you know, train them to do whatsoever and like carry that business on where it can be maybe one day become a franchise and then take it on from there. It's all a step-by-step process that could actually aid uh, our people because, you know, like the job market's kind of closing in. You know what I'm saying? Things are becoming digital. You know, it'd be good to at least give people more space where they'll not discriminate it against as much. Um, you know, just just stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, if I ever open like a marketing firm or everything, you know, you can wear your like your dreads and your stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't be bothered by that, but you know, it's just it's just stuff of that nature. You know, just giving people more room to grow. Absolutely, I feel there's no way in anywhere should your appearance hinder you from getting the job, keeping the job, maintaining the job. If I want to have dreads, if I can do my job properly, I should be able to keep my job. If, you know, I want to have a long flowing beard, if I want to have a certain hairstyle, as long as I'm able to do my job to the extent that is needed for the company, I should be able to keep my job and nothing should change that. My work ethic and my work ethic alone should be the only reason why I should either keep a job or lose a job. Yeah, no, seriously. And it's just like, you know, in regards to that, you know, I feel that's the first step to reestablishing another Black Wall Street movement. You know, like, why don't we all just as a people just move from these bigger cities and whatnot and uh, just move to places like Durham or move to places like, uh, you know, Wilmington, smaller towns. And didn't really like, you know, fill up the spaces of like mom and dad shops, uh, freaking, um, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just feel like, you know, positions and everything, you know, like Durham's a predominantly black uh, city, I think. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. like. Why don't we just do that instead of just being ticked off about like, you know, like, oh, like so-and-so ain't doing this for me, so-and-so and that. Like, it would just be like, instead, like, the more we depend on ourselves and everything, I feel like the more we can flourish as the people, you know, and that's just my theory in regards to that. So it's like, it's good to hear that you actually want to get into law, because I feel like a lot of that would be uh, necessary uh, moving forward. Um, so you're shooting to be a judge, correct? No, um, that's, I actually don't know. I have a couple things I, I plan on being. Um, I can either go to be a criminal, uh, not criminal, excuse me, a civil rights attorney. I could do that. I could be a federal prosecutor for whatever state I reside in, or I could be a judge. I'm still uh, ironing out the details. I'm praying. I'm seeing what God wants to leave me in, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, law is the field I'm meant to be in in my life. Okay, I want to just listen to your intuition and just, uh, you know, ancestors are talking uh, through you and everything. So it's like, you know, I, you can't just, you can't mistake it. You can't just ignore it. That's for damn sure. Um, All right. So it's just like in regards to focusing on your interests and everything, what are some things that are like you're interested in? Like, you know, you're an anime guy. You just mostly focus on football. What are some other interests that you're interested in? Well, you know, I, I am an anime guy, which is funny. Um. Give it about two years ago. The only anime I really watched was one, not one piece, excuse me, One Punch Man. You know, I I was, One Punch Man was my favorite. You know, God, strong as he is, beats everybody at one punch. You know, this one punch knockout. Who can beat him? And I just kept watching that over and over and over. I didn't really get into any other anime. And then my sister, my little sister, one day saw me watch and she's like, All you do is watch One Punch for anime. I'm like, yeah, that's my favorite anime. She's like, Watch this. And then she put on Attack on Titan. Mm. And when I, 
when I tell you Attack on Titan opened my eyes to a whole bunch of different anime out there. To this day, I still thank my sister because Attack on Titan is one of my favorite shows. I have completed the anime. I've caught up in the anime. And I've read the manga, so I know the entire story. But Attack on Titan really opened my work, my eyes to the entire genre. You know, Shonen, Shoujo, Isekai, and all those different types of anime. Because I was strictly just one punch, but now I watch a whole plethora of anime. Yeah, no, seriously, man, it's crazy that One Punch Man was your your uh, ticket in the door and everything. I, I assume since you're like our age, I thought you probably grew up on Toonami and everything on Cartoon Network, like Dragon Ball Z or Naruto or Yu Yu Hakusho or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So One Punch Man doing it for you—that's that's crazy. Because One Punch Man, when I first got into One Punch Man, uh, when I first saw, it, like, like, what what's about like One Punch Man? What, what's up with that? But I started watching how the choreography of the you know, the scenes and everything and how, like, the show was set up. And so the show was basically set up and just, like, this guy, this really super powerful guy, knocking people out with one punch, and then it's like he's trying to find an opponent opponent that's, like, you know, worthy, like, to actually give him, like, a struggle. And, like, yeah. so far, like I haven't yet been sweating out once. Not even against that Jewish guy from, like, uh, space and everything. No. no. At the end of the fight, I still remember to the day, he's like, yeah, you tried, did you? He said, nope. That that you're not even trying for real. You're not trying, and at that point, you know that's why that's why I love the show. You know, it's just who can beat this guy? Who, I was trying to find out. I was watching the show. I ended up falling off for one punch. Another guy, new season, and I haven't caught up in the manga yet. But oh yeah, I need to go. Like, he's just fighting and beating everybody without sweating. It looks like this guy's oh super strong. He's beating every hero out there. You know, the Sea King beat everybody, and then he's just. One single punch just kills him. It's like, who's going to beat this guy? Dang, now I want to watch it again, bro. Like, <laughs> like it's so cool. Like, just the choreography. Like, oh, he was fighting the underdwellers and everything. And his mm-hmm. imagination, but in real life, they're just like peons <laughs> and everything. Just uh, nobody to him. They're nobody. They're yeah, no, no, seriously, man. It's like the underdweller. That was a cool one. Although it was like his imagination, like, for the scenes, like another good one I like, another scene that I like that was just like, um, what's another one person that he fought? Um, he, he, no, there was a funny scene actually, like when the big giant dude because he took like super steroids to become the strongest person in the world, mm-hmm. and like his brother like commanded him like kill uh, one, uh Saitama and everything, but then he accidentally mm-hmm. like squished his brother instead. I was like, oh brother, no. <laughs> That was hilarious. It was hilarious. That had me cry. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I really liked was the vaccine man, how he was voiced by Christopher Sabin, and he kind of looked like uh, Piccolo a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like a callback and everything to Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, like after when Naruto ended, I'm like, dang, we really have nothing after Naruto. But then it's like, there's more anime that came, like My Hero Academia. Uh, I'll fuck with My Hero Academia heavy, like. Not a, I haven't been watching it lately, but I fuck with it heavy. Like the whole world building and everything is pretty damn good. Uh, One Punch Man, obviously. Uh, I feel like you have you watched Seven Deadly Sins? My sister has been trying to get me into it. I have not seen it yet. I'm watching so many other animes right now. I have not gotten into Seven Deadly Sins yet. Oh yeah, no, definitely put it on as like some background noise at least, like when you're doing whatever. I feel like that's the one way to get you in the anime is like when like, you're watching them in the background, like some, something interesting happens or something that catches your eye, and then you just kind of focus like, oh, damn, what got to that point? Now you got to rewatch it to actually right. see what happened. You know, what I, mean? 
I'm I'm going like, I was put on Seven Deadly Sins, I think, back in 2016, 2017-ish. Um, and it was just like, it was like, wow, this is like this whole other world. I didn't know what to expect from it at first. And it was just like, what? And then it was just, it was just always, it was just, it's like a mixture of One Punch Man. And, uh, I want to say Naruto and like Dragon Ball Z and they got little elements of everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like based on author, Arthurian legend. Mm-hmm. And, so it's like you know, you want to get like certain parallels, you can pretty much go reference a little bit of Arthur, uh, Arthurian legend type stuff and everything. Everybody, every character is named after someone in our Arthurian legend, and I just feel like that is like the coolest thing. Um, and then it's just like they're going into this next gen part of where it's called we call it a Four Nights of the Apocalypse, where it's just like the main cast children and everything. So it's just like you know, there's a whole lot of ground you can watch. That's a wonderful thing. Like I'm jealous of people who are just getting the Seven Deadly. I haven't gotten into it yet because I literally could start from like the first season and watch how the show changes over time and everything. Although some boards were kind of like disappointing compared to like the manga, but it's like mm-hmm. it's still, still pretty good world building and everything because they just you just look at the possibilities and uh, stuff of that nature. Um, so what are some other uh, anime that's kind of catching your eye right now? Well, man, you you I don't know if people some people like it, some people hate it. One of my favorite to this day, and I still watch it and read it heavily. I love One Piece. You know, One Piece is my favorite to this day. You know, I love One Piece. I'm watching One Piece. Um, Chainsaw Man, you know, that just came out. I started reading the manga, but I read I started a little too late in the anime class. So I'll just watch the anime. Um, I'm surprised you you mentioned my hero, but didn't get into it. This season, right now that they're in, might be the best season that my hero has ever ever produced this this Wonderful. this season is really 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 good in my opinion uh my hero i'm watching that and you know just to calm down a little bit because you know everything else is all high in action and all whatnot i am watching spy family too it's a little comedy stuff like that to calm myself down after watching everything else so i'm into a little bit of everything right now and i have a bunch of anime that i've completed that's still on my top five top ten favorite list you know one of my favorites I've completed. I love JoJo's. You know, a lot of people think JoJo's. You know, they don't understand the dynamic behind the show. Um, JoJo's is one of my favorite. Will be one of my favorites. I love the show to death, and nothing will ever change that for me. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen is also a really, really good one for me. I, I am. I'm really interested in the dynamic of Ichidora and Skuna. How they're they don't necessarily like each other, but they have to work together at this point in time or whatever the case may be. I mean, one of the smaller ones that a lot, not a lot of people have heard of, 91 Days, that one has been in my mind for the longest, you know. it's I watched it. I just, you know, I was scrolling through Crunchyroll one day and I saw this show, a little uh, still picture of the title card. I'm like, okay, let's see what this is about. After spare time, gone to 91 Days, and to this day, it's still one of my favorites. I love 91 Days. Okay, well, what is the 91 Days about exactly? So 91 Days, this this guy, he's in the mafia. It's set into maybe six, uh, 17, 1800s, something like that, early 1900s. He's in the mafia. And this guy, his family gets killed by, like, his brothers in the mafia. Like, you know, brothers in arms. Entire family just gets killed for absolutely no reason. The thing is, they left one boy alive. And you know, obviously he wants revenge on those who killed his family. So he infiltrates the mafia that killed his family when he gets older and attempts to take down everyone that had a role in playing in his family's death when he was a child. 
it's really good. It's a really good anime. The ending is spectacular. I love 91 Days. Okay, cool. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. It's like there's not a whole lot of anime that's mafia s. Like you know, that's not. That's is it like the yakuza mafia or like mafia mafia, like Italian mafia. It's not really yakuza. They um because yakuza and and more, it's more for Italian. Yeah, you know they mentioned Godfather and have Don and all that stuff. So it's definitely more of an Italian mafia than the Japanese yakuza mob type thing. Okay, well, that's cool that there's like still like more dimensions and everything to anime and everything. You know, it's just, like, I know, like, my favorite anime, like, like I obviously, like, the one that got me into anime in a whole is, like, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Like, that's, like, that was, like, my number one anime growing up. But it's, like, I feel like my personal favorite that's underrated is Yu Yu Hakusho. And I feel like a lot of black kids can really get into Yu Yu Hakusho the same way they can get into Naruto and uh, um, Dragon Ball Z. Um, had they would have made more episodes, I feel like it really could have like you know opened more doors, uh, opportunity for like you know it to go more into the mainstream of like American culture. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah, like yeah. You, you pretty much. Uh, do you know what uh, what you have a show is? I've heard of it. I'm I like I said, I have a bunch of shows on because the thing I didn't get to anime as a child. You know, my mother didn't like that type of things. She didn't really want us watching it, so I couldn't watch anime as a kid like everybody else. Then I get into my late teens, early adults, and at that point, she can't really tell me what to do, so I decided to start watching it. And there's a bunch of shows that, you know, were watched, or obviously I've seen Naruto, but there's a bunch of shows that I didn't get to watch because of, you know, the restrictions my parents had on me. So now that I'm older, I'm trying to get into those shows and the new shows as well. I know I have seen Dragon Ball Z. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho is one show that everybody keeps talking about I haven't got to see yet. Um, I have not watched Bleach. Um, people keep talking about Bleach. I heard Bleach is really good. They're about to start the Thousand Year Blood War arc that I see is coming. Actually, I think it's starting in October. Um, there was that show. There was another show. I can't think of it right now, but there are shows that I wasn't allowed to watch that I'm trying to get into now or watch now. But Yu Yu Hakusho and Bleach are definitely two shows that I definitely would love to get into. Yeah, Bleach is the hard one for me to get into also. Because it's just like, I feel like, you know, it's like I like how the art style is set up, but I don't know. Getting into it was kind of tough for me. I don't know what the deal is. It's not like in the sense like that's a deal per se. Um, But it's just like, I feel like it's just one of those things where it's like, you pretty, you pretty got to put some elbow grease and really make it time to watch it. Like like a One Piece. I feel like One Piece more is just a little bit tough. Um, If you got into One Piece, it probably won't be hard for you to get into Bleach. Or Yu Yu Hakusho because One Piece is still ongoing. That's that's mm. gonna start way back in the nineties, right? Nineteen ninety eight was the first episode of One Piece. Yeah. Now it's just the episodes, and the manga has been here even longer than that, huh? Yep, that's very true. You know, Ichiro Oda has been a masterpiece in One Piece, and shout out to my boy, you know, Caleb. I know I don't know if I'm saying this to you, but shout out to you. You really got me into One Piece because I was still looking for a new anime to watch. I just finished JoJo's. And I did not know what to watch. And he was like, watch One Piece. And I'm like, that's a thousand some odd episodes. Am I really about to watch that? Or it was 900 at the time. Or 800, excuse me, about 800 episodes. I'm like, am I really about to watch this? But, you know, he was like, just watch the first 10 episodes. If you don't get into it, you can stop. But yeah. I got into the first 10 episodes, you know, I met. And you meet half of the Straw Hats in the first season, let alone the first 10 episodes. So I meet them. I'm interested in their story, their journey. Here I am a thousand, a thousand some odd episodes later, and it has still got me hooked to this story. And it's crazy because, you know, 
Ichiro is still saying he's got another five, ten years left in the show. And it's like he's been doing this for twenty some odd years. It's a crazy concept to think. And he still says there's ten more years left for the showdown. Yeah, it says another five because we're entering. Uh, they just finished one arc, about to enter another one. And he said there's still so many. He does not want any loose ends, no plot holes, nothing. And in, in that in an interview, he said he has about five, ten more years of One Piece before you know it's completely wrapped up. And I'm like, you've been doing this for twenty some odd years, and you're still going. But I don't care how long it takes. One Piece is too good of a story there to be any loose. He said everything will tie into each other. So everything that's happened in the last 20 years will be tied up in one night. And I find that completely incredible. Now that motivates me to watch it again. Like I'll watch a couple episodes and I just wouldn't watch after a while and then I watch it a couple and then I come back again. But then it's like, dang, I don't really want to get into it again. Because it's like, wow, that's dedication. Like I wish that dedication was put into Yu Yu Hakusho. And everything, because it's like that had the big world building too, with like the whole demon world thing, and then it's just like them like having to fight at the dark tournament, and then it's just like you know the main character. You know, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to have to spoil so many things, so I don't want to spoil things. I'm just saying it's a damn good show. So it's like, but the cool thing is at least there's like a cap in sense of in a sense of where like you can stop for watching and whatnot. But uh, yeah, man, it's just that's good that it's like you got like you know like. You got into anime like you would you say you got into anime a little bit later in life like you didn't get into it as a kid correct i did, I, did. I got into it a little later because honestly i didn't even start watching anime on crunchyroll or funimation none of that i was on hulu and i just saw one punch man i'm like what is this and i just played it and i watched it and that one punch man is the first anime i've ever seen so i i just watched one punch man i've seen it like maybe four or five times before the new season picked up. And then about maybe two years ago, my sister was just like, you know what? You keep watching. My sister, she got into anime way more than me because she loves Japan. She's loved Japan since she was a child. She's been studying it. She's been trying to learn the language. She's been trying to write it. She loves um, all everything Japan. And her love for Japan actually uh, transformed into her love into anime. And that is what got me. She put me on Attack of Titan. She put me on Demon Slayer. She put me on Hunter Hunter. She's put me on a lot of the shows that I've watched and considered my favorites. So really, shout out to Miracle. Shout out to my little sister. You know, she really put me on the anime game. And it's such a, a big part of my life to this day. Yeah, man. No, seriously. That's cool, man. Have you ever watched uh, The Boondocks? Yes, I did watch The Boondocks. All right, cool. Have you ever watched Afro Samurai? I've been mean. I have not seen Afro Samurai. I've been meaning to watch it. I have not seen Afro Samurai. Definitely check it out. It's very very short. They only got like a couple episodes and a movie, but it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty cool. I wish they would have did more episodes, but you know you can't wish in one hand then work in another, man. But it, it's a, it's a great storyline. Also, man, it's because of shows like that. I wonder. It's like, man, I I really wish like Japanese and African American or you know black or just African like relations would just like improve like. A lot over time because we we love Shaolin movies, we love anime, you know, we have the Wu Tang clan and everything. And like I'm pretty sure like even Kim Jong un like has a soft spot for basketball and Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Which is, yeah, I do but, know that. So it just kind of makes you think like how old the world look like if we really like really like started working more like close together, like because they're about to make another rush hour four and everything. Which is crazy, I, I feel like I don't get me wrong. I love the Rush Hour movies. Rush Hour 2 is my favorite of all time. 
but it's been what Rush Hour Three came out. What it's been seven, eight, something like that. Years, some like some like years. Yeah, it's out. been a long time, and I I love the Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker duo. They were hilarious. Why do we need to rush out before? I feel like they're just milking it at this point in time. I I don't. I mean, well, it's been a couple it. years. I mean, like, they even brought back a Bad Boys after, like you know, and it was like the third movie and whatnot. I think they're gonna make another Bad Boys movie too to follow up. Um, and I don't see the reason for that either. I don't see. Okay, maybe a trilogy. If there's not anything that needs to be tied up, okay, like with Bad Boys Two, you know, it will follow in the story with um his son. Yeah, his son and all that stuff. So we get into Bad Boys Three. Where they explain his son, you know, they get married, story ends, Bad Boys Street, Bad Boys for Life. I get it. What is next after that? They've already retired. He's a granddad now. What 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 is what are we doing in the show? Passing the torch to his son. And then maybe somebody else. His son's in jail. Yeah, no, it, no, they, you didn't see the scene like where they're like talking to each other and everything. They're gonna try and see if they can I think they're trying to give his it's not an opportunity to win back his freedom or something or get out of jail or something. You know, like how they make shit up for movies that don't happen in real life. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it don't happen that way. It doesn't, but I feel like they're going to find a loophole in it just to make more. Because it's like they were gone for so long. So it's just like, you know, it just feels like, you know, like why not make a second movie? You know, after like maybe two movies, then they go in, then two movies, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just right. like, but Rush Hour Four. It's like I'm definitely looking forward to that movie. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm gonna watch it. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it because I love Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker together. And that's such hilarious. like a crazy random duo and everything, but it's it works. Random. Like it's it, just it, like, it works. It absolutely works. It's Chris hilarious. Tucker, Chris Tucker just makes it work, and like Jackie Chan just makes it work even more. So it's just like <laughs> they feed off each other's energy. It's it's hilarious. Rush Hour. It's it's. Such a great one of my favorite trilogies. Actually, I love movies. That's one of my favorite trilogies. You ever think they're gonna come out with the ne- uh, with the last Friday? And maybe they can bring. Yeah, I didn't hear they come out with another Friday. I mean, you think they will? I mean, I don't know. At this point, like you know, John Witherspoon has passed and everything. You know, it's just they they've been waiting too long, man. Like people are passing away. Most of the cast is gone now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Like, like they're gone. trying to do a Boondocks reboot. I don't see that happening without John Witherspoon. I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. They could do that. Have you ever heard his son, uh, uh, JD? Like, JD, yeah. yeah, like how he does an impression. I feel that could very carry on the the voice of Granddad. I have not heard his express an impression. I need to look at that. Definitely look at it. It sounds nearly identical. Like his father. And, <laughs> I guess because he's around his father for so long, so it's just like you know. Yeah, but anyway, we're going into like the last two minutes of the whole uh, Mental Threads podcast. So do you have any last words before we go off? Uh, no, nah, man, just thank you for having me. You know, I appreciate it. Uh, definitely send this when you put it together. I'm definitely going to share it with some people. And I hope you really get monetized like you like you want. You know, this is a good thing you're doing. You're spending your time wisely. And I'm going to try to support the podcast in any way I can. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you for hopping on, man. And just know that like, you we didn't even met each other not once, but you've been keeping up like with the episodes because we had a friend on and everything. It really yeah. just shows that there's a bit of a community there. And like even with Ja'Cory Reeves episode and everything, he went to the same college you went to. So it's just like, you know, just know that okay, you could probably check in with that episode. Now you got more reason to check in for more episodes and stuff. I'm just glad there's a lot I'm just glad there's a lot more for a lot of people to get into. And I'm just glad that you enjoy the experience up to this point of recording it and listening to other podcasts in itself. So it's like it's good to know there's a positivity into it. So I appreciate you propping on also. Of course, oh, man. Thank you.
All right, cool. Thank you. That's it for the Mental Threads Podcast, episode 141. We're sewn in and now we're sewing out.